0: Great to have your company this morning on the Radio Tab Breakfast Show. Being a Monday, we always close out the show with the Courier Mail's Chief Sports Writer in Robert Crash Craddock. And Crash is with us now. Morning, Crash. Good morning, boys. And uh, yes, more controversy in the world
1: of, of rugby league, unofficially known as the Bush bushfire that never stops burning,
0: Paul. <laughs> it's a bit like that, isn't it, Crash? Well, why don't we start with your underrated from the weekend of sport. Well, I think underrated is just the sign
1: of a packed out Gabba was, uh, you know, it was an emblem of of achievement for the Lions. And I just think Chris Fagan and Greg Swan, um, you know, they do get their apps, the coach and the CEO of the Lions, but they rebuilt this team from scratch, this club from scratch. You know, it was down in the doldrums. And I just think the two of them, Fagan with his soft touch as a coach, Swan with his, you know, he's so well-connected to to Melbourne and to head office. And and a generally easy to get along with, boisterous sort of guy. I just think, you know, and you've had Danny Daly on a few minutes ago. Of course, he played his part as well. But people are saying that, oh, the Lions have got to win a premiership to validate this era. I disagree. I think if you're anchored like they are up towards the top four... You are delivering for your fans. You're delivering hope, expectations, and I think they can be so proud of themselves. Um, and, and just the other one, I've become impressed by the Turpin family. Uh, I know you've had Jake on occasionally, the Broncos hooker who also loves harness racing, but just the whole the, the trio of... of jake who has had a tough year at the broncos he's fallen out of favor yet you'd never know it to talk to him would you he just gets on with the job the same with tony turp and his dad the track manager at albion park oh, he's had the floods and everything and he just gets stuck in you see him hustling away and he's th- and jake's sister chantelle she's uh, a wonderful trainer right up near the top of the ladder busy as you like you know and uh, they're just a good old-fashioned roll your sleeves up family just going back to to the lions crash It's the ticket in town at
2: the moment, isn't it?
1: Well, it it is. And and I think um, if they can, you know, draw Buddy Franklin. I know, you know, you mentioned that with Danny and he sort of did a little bit of a sideways shuffle, didn't he? But look, you know, that that story is a live issue. And and Jared, I I heard you say that uh, the statement that Buddy Franklin put out dead-battered it a bit, but I wasn't turned off the story one bit. Normally, I find when a player says, oh, I'll deal with that at the end of the season, that normally means he's thinking elsewhere because if you're going to re-sign with the club, you
0: generally do it before the end of the season. So uh, watch this space. Crash, I do like what you said there about uh, winning the flag, you know, pundits saying that they have to do it. I'm with you on this. If your team is three or four seasons finishing in the top four, you've got the attention of the brisbane public they've got good crowds you go to the gabba now you know you're about a 90% chance of seeing a home victory and mm. young kids have heroes again in their jersey and they yep. want to play afl because of it well exactly paul and and
1: you should th- that's another underrated the value of just being a good home and away team throughout the season classic example geelong I mean, we're a bit of a Geelong family uh, because my wife supports Geelong. And and so the the amount of Friday or Thursday or particularly Friday nights over the last 10 years, they haven't won a premiership since 2011. Yet I don't think any club's won more games since 2011. You know, they they get home by three points, six points, seven points. And they just deliver. They give you that excitement about September. OK, if you don't win the flag, you don't win the flag. But I, I think that there's... Don't underestimate the value of being anchored up the top because it's so hard to do. And, you know, we think of these teams like what the West Tigers fans go through. You know, what, uh, you know it, it's, uh, it, it's something to be said. To, they're rolling towards something, the Lions, but if they don't get there, this era has not been a failure.
2: No, they're going very well. It's not done in
1: the just yet. What about overrated, Crash? Overrated the Canberra Raiders um i just feel that and you're going to say that i'm going to segue into the ricky stewart story and that'll come in a few minutes but i think you can trace it back to the collective frustration of just never quite delivering what they're capable of the Canberra raiders and i think out of the last nine years they've been 10th or worst in six of them now that's poor I mean, this is Canberra. You know, they've got a they've got a good club, terrific old boys, a solid structure, and their list always looks okay. But they just tease, don't they? Season after season. Yes, they should have won a grand final a few years ago when they were pipped by the Roosters. But I still think that on a year-to-year basis, over the last decade, they just they just haven't delivered what they're capable of.
2: To be fair, though, they have lost a lot of players over the last decade. I so... say due to indiscretions by those particular players or they've been forced to move them on?
1: Yeah, but I, I don't think that, hey, you know, uh, Melbourne Storm gets raided too. Have a look at the amount of ex-Melbourne Storm players that, and there might mm. have been, you know, disciplinary factors, but gosh, they've been raided, the Melbourne Storm. Everyone goes to them and yet they keep bobbing up and they're not even in a rugby league growth area. So I, I'm trying to find an excuse for Canberra, but I just can't.
0: Crash, uh, then we go into the segue, uh, Ricky Stewart and the rant. What do you make of that? Yeah, it it was, Paul, I couldn't
1: remember, and, you know, uh, in the last 40 years of a more personal uh, attack than than his... Uh, gutter dog uh, reference to Jamin Salmon, like it's at a press conference.
0: Could could you recall a similar uh, comparison? No, I, I couldn't. We we Never. said this morning, uh, Crash Jared and I. If he hadn't have made it so personal, if he had not just dealt with the act and said, mm. "Oh, I haven't seen such a cowardly act on the football field," and the NRL must come down hard. Yep. I think majority of fans would have said, "Okay, yeah, well, that's what we saw." Yeah. Move on. Well, well, well it's a, it's a very good point, Paul, because commenting on an act it
1: never sticks he could have even used the word dog he could have said oh I thought it was a dog act you know and then yeah it's it's Sunday's headlines it's Monday's headlines and it's forgotten about in two weeks time as part of the never-ending cut and thrust of a a very volatile rugby league landscape but as soon as you go personal you, you tag the kid for life and I think that that's the hard thing you know that that's, it's a really you know a deep-seated uh, personal attack. It was only one line, it, it or two lines really. He repeated it, but and for something that the kid did to uh, Ricky's son when he was 11 years old. Paul, I'm glad people aren't uh, yeah. um, judging me and what I did when I was 11 years old.
2: Yeah, I I, I think. I I don't know. The the whole thing is quite bizarre, but it looks like um, it's got a way to run yet. And quite clearly, Andrew Abdo is not happy.
1: Yeah, and and I don't mind that. I don't mind, you know, Abdo's got pretty high standards about the integrity of the game and uh, protecting players' mental health, which I think comes into play here. We've already seen Salmon's family blow up and, and request an apology. I think if he took... Ricky Stewart to court for defamation. He would have an extremely solid case. That, of course, won't happen. You know, that it just it'd be because it'd become even more traumatic for Salmon than it probably would be for Stewart. But yeah, but I'm uh, I'm I'm just wondering about um, where where Ricky's. You know, he, he was obviously deeply frustrated because it's yet another Canberra fade-out and they probably can't make the finals. And that's been missed in all that. That loss was a was a huge one for him, wasn't it? Because they yeah. just I mean, they're, they're basically
0: out of finals contention again. And we'll finish ninth or tenth, Crash. So keeping in mind, since 2002 when Ricky moved into coaching, he's received 135000 in fines from the NRL. Does he receive another fine now, or do you think he deserves to be stood down for a game or two?
1: yeah I, I, I uh, Brent Reed's point I thought was a good one that fines just aren't getting through, are they? I mean that is a lot of fines. I think I think he you know a suspension would be entirely appropriate if they go that way because to me, this is his biggest indiscretion. I mean, in two years time, if we if I come on your show and I say throw it open to the to the listeners, Oh, can you remember any of Ricky Stewart's offences that caused that sparked all these fines? They won't remember so many of them. They'll be going, ah, oh, no, didn't he abuse a ref in a World Cup or something like that? And, and, and you know, it'll all be vague. This one will stand out, and if it stands out, that's a sign, Paul, of the gravitas uh, and the seriousness of this offence. I think.
2: I think that's the thing with this crash. Yeah. I mean, quite clearly, he wears his heart on his sleeve. We all know that, but he's not stupid. No. And he would have put some thought into what he was going to say before he said it. And you're thinking, Ricky, don't go there, mate.
1: Yeah, but but but. And the other thing is, Jared, the offence to me, which triggered a $1,000 fine, and that's all it got. It wasn't an absolute shocker. Like I wasn't no. even totally convinced it was intentional. To be honest, you know, the guy was uh, was tackled. He was on his back. He was writhing. And his leg shot up. Now, it may or may not have been deliberate. I tend to think it probably was half sort of deliberate. But, gosh, there are more offensive things happen on a rugby league field every single solitary week. A week earlier, big Nelson and the elbow in the face. Oh, exactly. And, uh, you know, so... But it was a trigger point for Ricky. He's a man of passion. I do like what he brings to the game, and I like the guy himself. So, uh, but I think... This is, uh, it's just, Paul, I know myself as a journalist, and, and you two guys know it well. You're you, you fine criticising an event on face value, and that's what we're all here to do. But when you get personal, oh, it, it you, it's rarely ends up good for you because it, it just it takes it into a new echelon of, of you know, we're, we're in a very, very un, it's sort of tawdry place. Yeah, uh, as I said, I, I went trawling through the files yesterday to try and find some a similar event, and you know we had Ian Chapel calling uh, Ian Botham sort of uh, he thought he was a gutless player, um, you know there there was that, there was um, uh, Luke Beveridge having a go at Tom Morris in a press conference this season, yeah. there was that, but I couldn't find. In all the bushfires that are burnt in Rugby League, you know, and they f- f- fire out of control. I couldn't find a similar comparison.
2: The other thing with that too, Crash, is that times have changed. You just can't say things like that anymore.
1: Yep, Yeah, yeah that, that's a great point, Jared That's, that's, that's the thing. It, 30 because it years takes... ago,
2: he would have said it. Uh, and, well, you shouldn't have said that. And we move on. But you can see this has exploded everywhere today.
1: Yeah, it has. And, and it... it, it Raises questions about young Salmon's mental health. How will he cope with this? Not just now, mm. but in a year, in two years' oh, time. I, I would
0: imagine, since it was said, he's had a pretty—he's uh, had sleepless nights. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, well, absolutely. And he would have had a lot of sympathy, and he would have had a lot of uh, people phoning him, and he wouldn't feel. But he would also thinking, goodness me, you know, this will be, you know, and the internet never forgets, does it? This no. will be long. No, My oh, kids absolutely. will read it one day. So it, it's just. You know, as I said, if you're commenting on an act, you can go as hard as you like. If you want to bag, uh, you know, anyone for a head-high tackle or, uh, you know, a spear tackle, Nathan Cleary, say that was outrageously stupid, you can do it. And it sort of rolls on and sort of forgotten about in
0: in three weeks' time. But personal attacks live forever. Crash, uh, away from Canberra and Ricky Stewart, we were talking the Broncos just before with... Brent Reid, they, they look as though they've gotten a bit flat in the last couple of weeks. What do you think their fate is for this season? Yeah, Paul, I, I, heard, I heard your words,
1: are they running out of steam? It was very nicely put. I think they're having a little low. I think they've got another peak in them before the semis. I do. They, they, they strung together about seven wins, and I think it took a lock out of them. But uh, I will say this, though. They are seemingly consigned to that 5th to 8th position. Now, and from there, I'd be staggered if they were good enough to win four games in a row and win the title from there against really good opposition, mostly playing away from home. It doesn't mean they've had a bad season. They have had a really good season, and that shouldn't be forgotten. And even when they lose... Actually, I've got to say, losing on the weekend to the Roosters was the first time I felt that in the last two months their pack actually lacked a bit of crunch, there wasn't the same fizzle and sizzle, you know. It just just wasn't quite there. So that's a bit of a worry. But um, they so I, I, I've noticed you've let them out in the markets, Jared. Haven't you? Twenty three dollars, have you? Is that what they 29
2: are? Twenty nine today, crash.
1: Twenty nine. Well, that's that's a sign that the bookies have said, no, nah, sorry guys, you're finishing fifth to eighth, and you will not win from there. So yeah. there you go, underdogs. So, you know, nice place to be.
2: Yeah, well, they've done a terrific job to get where they are, but it's so difficult to win from outside
1: of that top four. Yeah, it's just particularly since you're playing away from home, you've got to beat four Sudden good death. teams in a row. Yeah. Sudden death, and and you know, it's uh, Cowboys uh, almost did it, but but I just think um, you know they've they've still Kevin Walters now has a platform for next season. They are entering, a, the team's feeling good about themselves. You know, they, they I, I sensed it at training. I was watching him at the end of training. There's a lot of laughs and happiness there. And it, it's, uh, he's he's underestimated Walters. He, he gets players... You know, feeling good and they underestimated him in the interview process because he wasn't a sort of a, a diagram on the wall man or a big visionary which everyone's looking for the guy that's gonna change the world. Rugby league's a simple game. You've got to connect to simple working class kids and he does
0: it beautifully. You know what I think he's he's done as well? A lot of those young kids individually are better players than they were twelve months ago. Yes. And uh, yeah, I think Pat Carrigan, obviously. Well, we've been hearing from the Broncos that he was going to be a superstar. Well, after winning that Wally Lewis Medal, I think you can say he has arrived. But but Selwyn Cobbo, a uh, uh, he's a better footballer than he was. I, I don't know if Adam Reynolds can be a better footballer. But the the uh, the appearance of, of Ezra Mam and some of those edge back rowers, I, I think he's improved all of them. Yeah,
1: and and that's what you look for, Paul. It's a very good point. It's a sign of a good coach. I mean, Pat Carrigan sort of unloading the ball, you know, and and stepping, and not just his defensive work, but even Flegler settling down. You know, he was earlier this season. He was so manic, wasn't it? Remember when he got reported? To, you know, when
0: and, and <laughs> his first game him? back from suspension, he got wasn't three or four times four in times, twenty minutes yeah. or something.
1: Well, they've settled him down. And, and you know that's good coaching too so um, I, I always worried about because they've got a good coaching staff there but I often felt I like, was wondering who was going to be the enforcer um, you know John Cartwright lovely bloke, Terry Madison lovely bloke and guys like that and Kev who we all know is a gem but sometimes you need a, a sort of a guy who's a you know who, who's a bit of a uh, sergeant major but it turns out they didn't need one so, so there you go I think Kurt
0: Capel's a bit of a uh, performing well, that role.
1: He, he does a Good point. He does drive standards. And, and I know every time you mention buys of the year, you put Reynolds in and you go to training and one of the Broncos say, oh, mate, don't forget Capel, you know, just, just in terms of keeping guys accountable. And I know when Capel rocked through the front door, him and a couple of others said straight away, you've got to get fitter, you know, boom, boom, boom. And they did, and that's been their their gold pass. Fitness is alertness, and it underpins everything. And they're hanging in games, you know, which is great to see.
2: Crash, been so many uh, highlights at the Com Games in
1: Birmingham. What's your what's been your standout? Oh well, like you, uh, that Ollie Hall's fifteen hundred meter win was just special because haven't the distance events when you see a guy charge past two world champions and win a gold medal. You just forget the great romance of the distance events, don't you? And you can see why Herb Elliott used to charm a nation and Rob Costella and the marathons, how just they are beautiful events, aren't they? They really is. If you've got a track star, it, it, it's, such a, it's such a great thing. And, and I think we've missed that in Australia. You know, they've sort of, you know, we, we find it so hard for all our athletic pro. S in other sports we got good golfers we got good tennis players football but but that probably tells a story because it robs you of your
0: track stars doesn't it crash uh yeah we've only got about oh, two minutes till till we're finished for the day just some cricket news uh um, are we going to see chris lynn playing in the big bash this season i think we will but only half of it i understand the uh, this is what's
1: happened to Chris Lynn. He has parted ways with the Brisbane Heath. He's got, I think, only a couple of offers, including w- of which Adelaide strikers with Jason Gillespie appear to be the most prominent. I'd be surprised if he didn't go there before Christmas and then comes the big call. He's trying to play in the United Arab Emirates League, the new league, where he will earn a lot more money than he can play in Australia. He's asked to go there. Cricket Australia, I think, are going to say no you can't go, and then he's going to say, hang on, I'm not contracted to anyone in Australia. Yeah. They will say, yes, but under the rules of the IO of the uh, cricket, because you played here, you're, you're based here, we've got to give you a clearance, and we say no. He will win in court if he takes it there. I'm quite confident of that, and I reckon he'll end up going to the playing in uh, Dubai. So it'll be a split down the middle, Paul. Mm. And David Warner? David Warner will sign uh, probably with the Sydney Thunder. Great result, you know. Hasn't played in the Big Bash since about 2013. Wants to be a legacy player, like he wants to come back and finish where he started. That's a nice sentiment. And uh, it's a good signing because they're talking television rights and they desperately need big stars.
0: Well, Crash, you're a big star. It's always a privilege to have you on the show. Take care and we'll catch up next week. See you then.